There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. I'm Mahani Jahangiri and welcome to Conversations with My Dog. I am the creator of Doga, yoga for you and your dog. And this podcast aims to bring dog lovers together to discuss the impact they have on our lives. Today's guest from the dog world is Ira Moss, the founder of All Dogs Matter. They are a dog rescue and rehoming charity working in and around London to transform the lives of unwanted and abandoned dogs. They rehome on average over 350 dogs a year. And Ira, welcome to the show. Hello. Hi. How are you? Namapa. Namaste. Namaste. Thank you for having me. And thank you for being on the show. In fact, um, I'm so honoured that you are on the show today because you. you are the the lady who not just launched the most famous dog rescue charity, but mm. you gave me an introduction to Doga. You gave me a platform really? to. You don't remember that, do you? <laughs> it's, yeah, I suppose it was, it a long was time the ago. Jubilee, the Royal Jubilee. What is it? Oh, the wow, Queen's yeah. Jubilee. Do you remember? Belfast Park. Yes. Yeah. It's all coming back. It's all coming back slowly, slowly. No, it's you, age for you. D- age? It's it's called yeah. COVID, COVID, COVID yeah, brain freeze. Brain, yeah. yeah. Totally. And, and I remember um, you said, oh, Marnie, I've got a space available. We could do a little um, demo. And I, uh, we ended up, where were we? Somewhere on the floor? Bell's Ice Park. <laughs> Park on the floor. And they, someone was having a, a, a pit roast. Or, uh, like it was, there was some smell next to it. Anyway, I remember it was the first Doga class ever. And it was with you. And then when my book came out, I dedicated, um, dedicated to you. And all dogs matter. So thank you for giving me the first platform. I no, never, never forget. Way, you've come a long way from there. But you've then. come a long way too, <laughs> Ira. And let's start. Yeah. Let's let. Do you know what? Let's go straight in. So, how did all dogs matter start? Uh, and what's the story behind all dogs matter? So All Dogs Matter started about 12 years ago, um, but has officially been a charity for 10, actually 11 years this November. Um, So it started with um, three of us, Peter Egan, who I'm sure you all know, he's now an ambassador and welfare um, coordinator for so many charities. Um, Myself, a guy called Alec Burns and, and probably a few other people that have come and gone. And this this was, say, about 12 years ago and we started off just as a sort of volunteer group working from our 
sort of living rooms, cars, etc. Um, and 10, 12 years ago, there was a huge problem in the UK and, and, and London with overbreeding and abandonment of staffies, particularly, um, which those of you who know me are my sort of favourite and, and the reason for starting, and for all of us at the time, the, the charity, because there just weren't spaces for them in rescues. Rescues weren't taking them in. They were really, really hard to home. People didn't want them. They got really bad press. They were being used for fighting, etc., etc. Um, however, moving on 10 years down the line, they are now so, so popular. Um, and we have a waiting list for them. Um, we're only seeing in abandonment tends to be older staffies coming in now which is really sad because they get very stressed um, but probably eight years upwards um, but they come in and, and generally tend to go out really quickly the, you know the top 100 dogs you know that a staffie won the show mm. in Britain's top 100 dogs I just wanted to say that that made that make a huge difference I think yes in, in that did actually yeah absolutely yeah, that really did because uh, they are amazing. I mean, yes, if there is a problem with them and they will fight and they're not socialised, yes, that's obviously quite difficult. But as you know, and we all know, any breed can be dangerous or bite. Um, but with larger breeds, if they're going to bite, it's it's a worse. The bite's worse. Absolutely. And that, how do you, how do you choose? the right owner for the dog or is it the right dog for the owner how, how yeah it's how a, bit, a bit of both it's like match it's like dating really and matchmaking um i guess so we're fortunate at the moment that demand is so high for dogs since lockdown that for each dog there's approximately 10 to 20 people applying for so we would look at um um we, we'd look at obviously the the owner speak to them first of all if we've got a choice of two people that are really good and one lives in a flat on a first floor and one lives further out, has got a huge garden and huge house and is around most of the day, we'll probably go for the garden and the huge house. Um, but at the same time, if it's someone right for the dog and they're in a flat and the dog bonds with them and it's right, then we'll we'll go for that. So it's not just about the huge garden, the big house, it's the right owner with the right dog. Can I ask you something? With the older dogs, especially um, the older staffies, uh, what happened to the owner before? What is it well, usually the case? Well, you don't, we don't know. know. How often much do you know? Yeah, how much do you and find out? Yeah. Well, sometimes the dogs are chipped and we will call an owner and they'll often say, oh, I sold it online and we'll just put the phone down. Um, or they've given it away to someone. They're just, just not really interested anymore once they've given them away. Um, so what often happens if people sell or rehome privately it often doesn't work and the dogs end up back in the system and eventually get picked up by a dog warden and then come into us or whatever charity Battersea whoever oh so you work with Battersea closely. we don't but they would different boroughs different dog wardens work with different boroughs in London so if it was a stray dog in South London it would probably go to Battersea let's say and if it was in North London the dog wardens would call us and, and that's not just staffies that's all dogs Absolutely, and and you have your own kennels, um, which we is have outside of London. When Walther did that Abbey. happen? Uh, oh gosh, about five years ago. Well, we actually rent a block. We have our own piece of space at a block of kennels. Um, so we have a, normally about twenty dogs. Again, during lockdown, a lot of going out on foster. So the turnover of them is is much quicker, which is great. 
that's incredible. And mm. what about puppies? Do, do you get hardly puppies? any puppies? So as as again since lockdown, the demand for puppies has shot through the roof. So the average price for a puppy or to buy a dog now is about two to three thousand pounds. So what we're finding is people that are buying them and can't cope, rather than bringing them into rescue, they're reselling them online because they want their money back. And eventually some of them may end up in the system. Statistically, we've had probably since lockdown, which is March, six puppies. So only six people that have said to us, we made a mistake, we shouldn't have got this puppy, but we want them to come into rescue. We don't want to put them online because we're worried what will happen but that's literally that's a very low percentage six out of probably six thousand dogs that are been sold or bought since lockdown can you give me um a certain um uh, you know, um, addresses that are selling puppies. I mean, what what do no, we have I, to watch out? You're not allowed online. to. Yeah, you know, we're it, not allowed. It, it, it's all online. If you go on any of the free sites and you put in you want a puppy, hundreds will pop up. And it'll be like ordering um, a, a, a delivery. They, they can just drop off at your door for £500 to £2,000 cash. They'll, they'll, they'll bring it over. And these puppies are bred in in the UK, or are they yeah, 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 usually yeah. from abroad. Because yeah. I just yeah, wonder, you know, it's huge money. It's drugs money. You know, they'll say they're at, you, you go to someone's house. You can't go in because of lockdown. The dogs are probably bought in third party from maybe a puppy farm in Wales or wherever, or bred at home. You know, it's big money in it. Six puppies, two thousand each. You know, do the math. It's it's huge, huge money. And you don't think that will ever stop this? This eventually, it will, the prices will probably go back down again. Um, but during lockdown, when everyone supposedly is worried about money, they're they're finding money for for dogs. So, yeah. But it's not demand is high. Absolutely, Ira. But also, it's not just the staffies, is it? Because I no, this, this was in close contact. We're talking about cockapoos yeah, and, and breeds yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. But uh, coming back to all dogs matter. I mean, I'm very aware that you were also um, uh, saving um, dogs from the dog meat trade. You have different yes. types of dogs. Uh, did you get involved with Romanian dogs? Uh, not all so sorts? much. Yeah, because there, there's quite a few charities that all groups that that do the Romanian dogs um, and in fact at our kennels there's a group there um, called Love Underdog that, that bring in Romanian dogs so we let those guys deal with that um, unfortunately with China we haven't been able to bring any dogs in this year because oh, no. of obviously what's going on which is really sad um, we knew about what, what was going on because we had a consignment due in February absolutely and they told our source in China said that there was a problem out there so we kind of knew what was going on and sadly there's probably so many there and, and we just we've got homes that would take them in we'd be queuing up for them but but we just can't get them brought over why did they become so popular the uh the rescue dogs of the dog meat trade why do you think that is suddenly well, there was a surge they are there are a lot of people that are really hardcore rescuers that want to help that cause a lot of the breeds are more designer breeds so the chinese like things that are designery generally whether it be clothes or, or, or whatever so that goes for dogs so a lot of them are smaller breeds schnauzers cavies chihuahuas um, so they're very easy to home um we can't bring in loads because you're limited how many you can bring in so each consignment might be six to ten dogs max and again labradors they like labradors and retrievers out there and is that for um, food is that for food well they would end up as food if they were rescued by the groups out there they, they sort of stop the trucks as they're going to the 
because abandonment there is quite high. People get dogs. Most, you know, a lot of people live in flats and, and then just kind of dispose of them. So there's not rescue outlets out there. There's not a second-hand rescue demand for dogs. So it's only the, the groups that can take them in and then rehome. So a lot of them go to the States, uh, Australia, Germany, Holland, and now England, statistically, is the main... Exactly. And I mean, I don't want to spend too much time on on the Chinese because I'm very much more interested in the local uh, situation Mm. at the moment, because that's what we're really focusing on. But just very quickly, how did you say it costs about 500 pounds for you to take a dog from the uh, Chinese dog meat trade to vaccinate? It's not the vaccination, it's the flying over. The flying over. It's the flight that's the money, you know, mainly. So between 500 to 1000 pounds with everything all in. Exactly. Which we fundraise for. Uh, we get part of the money back in the adoption fee, which is £500, and we just uh, fundraise for the rest ourselves. And you do so much fundraising. I've never seen you did, a charity. You beat, <laughs> yes. What, I mean, first of all, I'm, I must speak about Ricky Gervais. Everybody mm. wants to know about Ricky, but mm. how did he get involved? Peter Egan, Michelle Collins, you have everybody lined up and you just keep luckily. going and going and going. It's always fun, your uh, events. You always yeah, have something. Our events have always been a bit different and alternative and, and fun. So I think that's been, I mean, we sadly, when we were missing my favourite one this year, which is Halloween, which oh, I'm really upset. So we've done an online Halloween competition. <laughs> and in fact, Ricky's partner, Jane, is one of the judges um, while you're talking about him. Um, so, yeah, a lot of them are local. A lot of the events are in Hampstead area. So just just coincidentally, a lot of those supporters um, are in the area. So it's easy for them to come to. And, and who, they're fun. Uh, who creates these events? Are these your ideas? Do, Is it yeah, yeah, teamwork? Yeah. Oh, yeah, teamwork. And we've been running the same events now for the last 10 years. So it gets easier. We have more of a following and it's just easier to repeat them. You have really. an incredible following. If I can come back a little bit to uh, Ricky Gervais, he's a cat lover, isn't he? he was he we ever just rehomed him a cat? No, Even you though we've all dogs didn't matter, we've just rehomed him Pickles wonderful. the cat. Pickles, oh, tell me, tell me about the cat. Pickles was picked up um, actually by a, a small charity called Feline Friends who needed some help. Um, there were 16 cats in a house, uh, a hoarding house, which one of the local authorities alerted us to. Um, Barbara from Feline Friends... Um, told us about them because they were in a category near our office. I knew that Ricky and Jane were thinking about getting maybe getting another cat because their last cat, Ollie, died about six months ago. No. Um, no. I sent Jane a photo of the cat, who was Catkins at the time. She said, oh, we can foster the cat. So I picked Catkins up. She went in her little box and they said, we're just going to foster her. And I thought, yeah, right, we'll never be seeing this cat again. And a week later, she was crowned Pickles. Pickles Thatkins, I think. How wonderful. And and yeah. how, how how is he? Does he From feel... From to riches. Yes. Is he happy she's got. She's already got 25,000 followers uh, well, on Twitter course, and Instagram. Course, and course. She's a tabby cat. Absolutely. But it must be so hard uh, just losing your animal. And uh, it mm, takes course. time. And the fact that he was ready to take another... Um, cat on I mean yeah yeah, it's a long process Um, 
I just wanted to um, go a little bit back to your background. Um, mm-hmm. I'm very interested in why why helping animals? Why, where did that come from? Is it a childhood thing? So as a child, it- yeah, I was always, and my dad, we were always, if we were on holiday, feeding stray dogs and cats. Um, I used to go horse riding, visit donkeys. So it was always kind of there. My dad was always turning up with various animals. Oh, wonderful. That was in the 70s. There were a lot more sort of stray dogs around. Um, and I guess it's just come from there. My, my my background was fashion, basically. I was in the fashion industry for 20 years. And then suddenly, 20 years, had a bit of burnout and just thought, God, this is getting really boring and competitive now. I think I need a change of career. Started volunteering at the Mayhew, actually. How um, interesting. Just as a volunteer. Wonderful. This was, again, now 15 years ago. And then by default, really met Peter, some other people. At the time, that was the height of dogs everywhere in those spaces. Um, we eventually found a little office. And um, the rest is history, I guess. It's incredible. It's incredible. Yeah. But uh, you, you mentioned when we last met a, a story in the Mayhew, something happened in Mayhew that turned your life around. Now, was it a cat or a dog or something happened where you said I need to do this I need to continue to oh well I realized yeah that there were so many dogs that really needed help out there that weren't getting help there'd be I was on reception and there were calls coming through from dogs left in gardens and here and there and 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 everywhere and it just kind of kind of started from there really Um, and of course I adopted my little staffy Abby from there um, who's now sadly passed away at 15. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Um, so really, from there. So she she was a Mayhew dog. She, she was May, she was a pup. Yeah, she was about six months when I got her. Absolutely. And mm-hmm. do you... Became to work here for All Dogs Matter and became our ambassador. <laughs> our staffing ambassador and did a very good job. And she did Doga very well. She did Doga. She wasn't, she, yeah, she, well, she couldn't quite get Doga. She was a bit stiff for... Doga, but we tried yes and she yeah she's she's quite she liked it well do you remember when i came in for the class in the i did a doga class for uh, the daily mail we did a, a rescue thing together for the mm. do, yes, uh, chinese yes, dog and little maggie was there yeah, <laughs> robbie yeah, yeah. was there and then abby just kind of went oh my god no let's <laughs> just say yeah. nah i'm just gonna yeah, stay at the back and she just observed and then little maggie got all excited about my breathing and breath of fire and we were filming mm. this and it was such a beautiful setting. It's just such a nice environment mm. um, coming to your place. It's, it's, it feels very family run. Um, yeah, well, do, you, do you come from a big family? Are you no, a family not, type person? What's really. your back? Yeah. Um, from born in North London. Uh, my brother lives in Australia. Um, I think it's my fashion background. It was very social. So you kind of met lots of different types of people. And people- yes, we um, are volunteer and staff run we have some amazing volunteers and, and staff and foster carers may pre- predominantly female i i'd say um and range from 11 years old up to i don't know 50 60 years old we have a charity shop as well in muswell hill fantastic again we've got a range of ages of volunteers and um yeah we try and do we all do a bit of everything we're not too corporate in that respect so it's yeah, nice. Oh, I wanted to go back to Alec. Alec, is that the guy with the curly hair, Greek-looking, very strong personality? Yes, he's not very... Greek, but yeah, he's quite swarthy-looking, I guess. Yeah. Quite good-looking, actually. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
I was absolutely over the first time I come to one of your events it was at the um Hampstead um what is it the garden garden gate garden gate yes and I saw this man I saw all these dogs all these people Mm. were it's quite wild your events you know everybody's Mm. running around with dogs and he was there and there was a it must have been a staffy or a bulldog or something Mm. a great big dog spotted him Alec turned around and he went hi and that dog leaped into, into his, his arms, arms and yeah, he's, licked yeah, we his call Alex dog. We call Alex dog man. He's, he's part dog, heart, part human. I, and that dog thanked him so much yeah. for, for looking after him during this. He was in that kennel for months and months and months and months mm-hmm. and uh, recognised Alec and oh. licked his... I've never seen anything like it. Actually, yeah. uh, it took my breath has away. That <laughs> it's incredible. And and yeah. you and him are so similar in, in, in terms of yes, energy. You don't stop. Has there well, you ever- have to, you can't, this isn't a nine to five job. It's not for the faint hearted. You're either in it or not. You know, you have to switch off sometimes, um, but it's not a nine to five. Has there ever been a moment where you wanted to stop? Yeah, all the time. <laughs> Particularly at the beginning. Really? <laughs> the beginning, Tell yeah. me oh, a little very, bit about that. Well, you know, there's some quite difficult, you're, you're dealing with two ends spectrums of people, people that adopt who are normally amazing and people who abandon dogs, and then people in the middle, and it, uh, lots of passionate people with lots of opinions, and that can get a little bit fiery at times. So you're talking yeah. about the people, not the dogs. So the dogs are okay, yeah. but not the people. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> normally the dogs, are, uh, it, whatever's happened to them, happened to them because of humans, um, mainly. But yeah, hu- humans can be quite difficult to deal with. Do you ever feel that you failed the dog? Has there ever been a moment where you failed? A couple of times, yeah, probably, a, a, you know, a few times, but statistically, most of them have. We had a boxer that we took in last week that came in a terrible state, and we tried to save her, Hope, her name was, and uh, sadly she died, but she died in a foster home um, on her foster's, lying over on her belly, and we we felt that at least she died with someone not on her own which would have happened had we not managed to take her in or the dog wardens didn't manage to pick her up that's incredible it's uh, and i wanted to say what do you think is in a way when we look at it people want to adopt the dog but the fostering the foster parents mm. are the one of the most important aspects in, in dog rescue yeah isn't the, it? Fosters the fostering are, are amazing you know they do such good work and it really gets gives us a chance to see what the dog, because a dog in a kennel is totally different to a dog in a home. Um, and it's really important to see sort of what they're like. Are they house trained? Have they got separation anxiety? Are they friendly, not friendly? You know, there's so many things, you know, dogs in kennels tend to shut down, so you don't really see their true personality. Absolutely, and how long can that process take to assess? <sighs> depends on the, the dog. dog it, it really depends on the dog. It can be a week or it could be three months. So dogs that come in that have got more behavioural issues that we're concerned about would be on foster longer. And if they're just little puppies, let's say we get a puppy that comes in, that could be like a week or two. Oh, that's fantastic. A week or two. And I saw Maggie already, you know, the the little uh, dog that was rescued from the dog meat trade. She was very, very jittery, very nervous and everything. Mm. But when she was walking alongside her foster parent, I was so impressed the way she just managed to walk along the road and, mm. and not play dead or stop. Well, the, the Chinese dogs have been pets and they're used to sort of living in fairly urban areas. So they do, once they get their confidence, they, they do come around. 
That's incredible. How many foster parents do you have that you can rely it, it, on? It changes. It's it's at any one time 10 or 20 because some adopt dogs, some just do it for a while. So there's normally, I'd say, between 10 and 20. It's incredible. What an incredible. I always wanted to foster and mm -hmm. it's just because time wise. If you have another dog, yeah, mm. and people that have other dogs, it's got to be the right match, et cetera, et cetera. And how much time would you dedicate as a foster parent uh, it, it, to it, the new dog? It's not, it's not that. Just if, if someone's working full time, we can't guarantee that if a new dog comes in and you leave them, they're going to rip up your place, you know, and bark and stuff like that. So, so you would have to stay with the dog for at least two weeks. Well, it depends if it's a couple. Yeah. One person can be out and the other's in. Or if you're in a detached house and you've got space. But if you're in a flat and you're on your own and work seven hours a day, it, it might not work. And do you ever do you ever go on a holiday? I mean, it's a stupid question during COVID. <laughs> not but have very you, often. When was the last time often. you were on a <laughs> Well, when did you ever have a break? My was for three days. And that was just before lockdown. I got that in. But with Abby, as she got older, we, we felt that we didn't really want to leave her for too long so the plan was when she um passed away we'd we'd go away for a bit longer but obviously we're in lockdown now uh, but probably would be a, ma a a week maximum and another thing i'm very important you your partner has a mm. huge role to play in old dogs mm. matter he's he's, he's on it uh, yes philip I, I you know what? i always see lasser lasserman lasserman Lassman. that's what i see yeah. and, and i'm like yeah, but yeah. he has a first name yeah, uh, he's a comedian is that correct? Well, just as a little hobby on the other oh. side. We're not quite at Ricky's uh, level yet, but yeah. <laughs> well, he's hilariously funny with his yeah, posts. Yeah, he's great at doing all our events for us and tweeting and very supportive. It's incredible. And you rely on him in every every way with the business as well. And yeah, you know, yeah. so you're he's a team. A big supporter, yeah. What if he didn't like animals? I mean, would you we ever probably be wouldn't be together no. because he couldn't stand me and I couldn't stand him. Absolutely. If that were the case. <laughs> Absolutely. And just a quick one, and I know it's going to be a difficult, but you asked me to talk about it in the end. Mm -hmm. Is there, would you get another, get another dog? dog? Yeah, there'll, there'll be, there will be one that will come along eventually, I'm sure, and I'll probably foster in between. So eventually, I'm sure they'll, it's very difficult to say no to all these little faces when you meet them. And most definitely the dog, you believe the dog can also feel your morning, you know, it, yeah, it has to be the, yeah. the, the right time for everything. Yeah, yeah, it's all about, you know, I don't want to just rush in and do a rebound no. thing. It's got to be, right. I'll know when it's right. Absolutely. <laughs> and do you, one thing, do you think Doga has a place for rescue dogs? Do you think Doga could be it, of service? Yeah, it with it probably be good for the Chinese. It really depends on the dogs. They probably wouldn't be ready for it straight away but maybe three six months down the line of them being in a home and they're a bit more relaxed then yes they could i'm sure they'd accept it exactly. and enjoy it well that's exactly uh, what i want to do obviously with oh, dogas to start we'll getting involved next spring now and find some space exactly and what's uh -huh. the future for all dogs matter are you going to expand are you going to franchise are you and <laughs> but we're happy you know we're, we're still managing to rehome and take in sort of three, at least 300 dogs in a year. Um, we'd like to carry on taking more dogs from abroad or China if and when we can, and there's an endless supply of them. But I think at the moment, 
because no one knows what's happening. We will have to see what happens in the new year. But we've we've been we've worked right through lockdown. We we've carried on right through lockdown. That's incredible. I'm so glad you could do this. Mm, I mean, otherwise we've all gone crazy. Imagine mm. Ira staying at home and no, not working. That's not going to happen. It's not going to happen, happen Ira. No, no. <laughs> Ira, I, I, you know, I thank you for those wonderful 30 minutes. I could talk thank to you, you forever because there's so much. <laughs> details and things and exactly and your expertise and I'm sure our listeners will have a million questions about behaviors and things so we might be able to tie that in one day you know Mm. get specific questions about stuff and stuff but in the meantime thank you so much you You can now switch on your phone again (laughs) and um, millions of calls now on the answer machine (laughs) thank you so much and I can't wait to see you in a live event again Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. We all know how a Christmas carol begins, but you've never heard it like this. Marley was dead to begin with. Dead as a f- doornail. Now, I don't know why a doornail, they've never had any life to begin with. But bottom line, Marley is dead. A Christmas Carol, The Rude Retelling, read by Brian Harvey. Listen to the uncensored version out now. Find it wherever you found this podcast or go to podfollow.com slash Scrooge. Buff humbug. To end the podcast, it's time to take a moment aside with your dog for some guided doga. Robbie and I will guide you each step of the way. This week's doga exercise. This is a simple breathing exercise that you can do at home with your dog. Large or small. Ensure you've switched off your mobile. Tune in with my voice. 
and come into a comfortable seated position. If you have a large sized dog, ensure you take your legs wide apart in seated position and place your large dog between your legs. A smaller sized dog can be placed on the top of the thighs in cross-legged seated position. If your dog doesn't want to interact, don't worry because at this point you're just focusing on yourself and your breathing. If your dog is with you, you can place your thumb and index finger behind the back of the ear and gently massage your dog's ears with your thumb and index finger right behind the ear. And we're going to take some deep breaths now, opening your mouth, create an ah, a shape with your lips, ah, as if you were going to the dentist, open your mouth, that's it. And slowly inhale through ah, and exhale through ah. And again, inhale through ah. Feel your lungs expanding. Exhale through ah. Now continue for five more breaths, inhaling, exhaling, and ensure you're not holding any tension in your neck and shoulders. Try and drop your shoulders. Keep massaging in synchronization with your breath. Ensure your dog can feel and hear the sound of your breath. He might jump up and lick your face because of the breath, the air coming through the mouth. Good. Now the next step is to close your lips and breathe through your nose. So the sound is in the back of your throat. It's a slight contraction around the glottis. It's a bit like Darth Vader breathing, but with closed lips. Feel your dog's heart rate, your heart rate pulse. Keep massaging as you're focusing on the inhale. And the exhale. Now continue with this breath. We're going to do another step. Massaging the outer ears of our dogs. The outer ear, so just along the line of the ear, your dog has thousands of receptors there. So massaging your dog's ears around this area is just, what can I say, 
orgasmic for your dog. Breathe deeply, massage, inhale. Exhale, keep massaging, very good. Gentle massage, circular movements with the thumb. Just notice the difference in your heartbeat and how you feel bringing your mind into the present moment because that is what doga is all about being here right now with your dog nothing else matters deep and deep in your meditation enjoy every move be aware of the movements you Create with your thumb and your inhale, exhale. See if your mind is slipping. And if it's slipping away, bring it back to your dog. If your dog walked away, you can just sit cross-legged in meditation position. Palms on the knees, continue to breathe. It doesn't matter, you don't have to force anything. It will happen. And you can continue on for another 20 minutes if you want to. It helps you to relax and go to sleep. It's a really nice preparation for sleep for you and your dog. And I look forward to introducing more exercises you can do with yourself and your dog in the next episodes. On this note, I bow my head bringing the palms into prayer position Namapa. thank you very much for listening thanks for listening to conversations with my dog and a huge thanks to Ira from All Dogs Matter for joining us make sure you hit the subscribe or follow button so you never miss an episode if you're listening on Apple Podcast, then please leave us a review and a five-star rating. It helps others to find us. And talking of spreading the news, please tell another person about the podcast and help us reach more people and dogs. We'll be back with another episode, same time, same place, next week. Namapa. 
Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.